Drive Time Radio with New York Vinny. Well, it's a little past 8 o'clock on a Saturday morning. You know what that means if you're here in the city of Seattle or all over the world on Facebook Live. It is time for Drive Time Radio. As I pull my seat up here and kind of get adjusted and ready to go, which is something that, uh, you know, we always try to do. We always try to get adjusted. We always try to get ready to go. (laughs) Sometimes it happens before 8 o'clock. Every once in a while it happens after 8 (laughs) o'clock. That's when Nathan comes in because Nathan is so good at pulling the strings. Nathan is so good at, you know, just making everything work and reminding me about things like this show might not have been on Facebook this morning, if if not, but 30 seconds or 40 seconds ago, Nathan, our erstwhile producer, would not have said Vinny to uh, Facebook, huh? So he watches out for us. And I like that. I think that's a beautiful thing. I think when you have that kind of synergy between workers, see, that's what America used to be. America used to be everybody would go to the Ford plant and Fred and Bill and George and Eddie and would go to the, to the, the General Motors uh, Chevy plant or the Ford plant and they'd meet up outside and they'd pat each other on the back in their overalls and they'd walk in and they'd assemble cars all day and talk about the Detroit Tigers fortunes. Talk about Hank Greenberg and how he hit the balls over the fence. Talk about Bill Freeman and how he caught it. So talk about Alan Trammell. Talk about all of the different uh, Detroit Tigers. That was the home team of, of automotive bay of automotive for so many years. And then somewhere along the line, it all fell apart. Maybe it was that first guy wearing the the um, I don't know for uh, um, Dukakis for president button to work. Maybe it was the foreign competition. I don't know what it was exactly, but it all seemed to come apart at some point in the automotive business. But now it's getting back together. We're hoping that it get back, gets back together. We're hoping that we will be the ones to tell you how it uh, gets back together. So I hope you had a good week. Obviously, driving in uh, Seattle and its environs, has become treacherous, to say the least, in many places. Now, I'm up in Snohomish County, just north of the city, in Edmonds, where we broadcast to you live and from the um, Esperance Media Studios. And I, uh, it, it's, it's the break. You know, they don't know from snowplows here. Now, maybe I haven't gone downtown. Maybe if I go downtown... It'll be a bit different. Matter of fact, I'm almost sure it is. But out here in the uh, unincorporated hinterlands, it's um, there's snow on the ground. The streets are slick. And as I posted on Facebook earlier this week, I would just maybe somebody from the Northwest can explain because, you know, obviously I'm not native to here. But I, it's something I've seen back east before. As a matter of fact, I've always seen it back east. But so I've never been able to figure out what goes on in the mind of somebody uh, when it is snowing to beat the band and the roads are slick and it's at night. You're driving, let's say, up I-5. And, you know, I mean, it's it's nasty. You can't see the lane markers. The exit, you have to go around some exits because there's trees down or tractor trail is semi uh, um uh, what do you call it? Uh, uh, semi-jackknifed. And then there's two people that go by you. 80 miles an hour. Now, it's easy to say, easy to say that it is the big pickup truck with the big tires. <laughs> with the Trump sticker on the back. <laughs> the diesel. You know, easy to say that. But I saw more people in Subarus passing me at 80 miles an hour than I did big trucks. 
Stick that in your pipe and smoke it for a second. More people in Subarus and uh, uh, what was the other one? It was another four-wheel drive car uh, that went past me at a, at a high rate of speed. You, you know, if you want to do that and you want to, you know, go off the side of a cliff or something like that, God bless you. But the problem is, is when you start to slide off of three over three lanes of traffic, over four lanes of traffic, you're not just killing yourself. You're taking maybe my family, maybe my friend's family, maybe my sister's family, maybe Nathan's family, maybe uh, your next door neighbor's family with you. And that don't, that's, that's, and I know I'm preaching here. I know it's not going to, you know, I know it's not going to change anybody. I know if, if you're stupid enough to drive that fast in a snowstorm, you, uh, you're probably not even listening to the show. Well, you may be listening to it, but you're not going to heed any of the advice. And um, I, I, I just, you know, maybe it's the older I get, the less I get. I'm never going to say that I never did something like that. <clears throat> I'm, I'm not completely innocent, but I've learned um, through stark, horrible experience how to drive in the snow and how to how getting to a place is easier if you're doing a moderate amount of speed, like 40 on a road like that, because you could have the best four-wheel drive in the world. You could have the best all-wheel drive in the world. You could be driving a Mercedes Galando wagon. You could be driving a uh, the Land Rover Discovery that I was driving a couple of weeks ago. But, and it'll go. It'll get you to 80 miles an hour with no problem. It'll it'll eat the snow. It'll traction. It'll go. But I'm telling you, when you got to stop, when you have to turn, when that snowplow all of a sudden, and, and that's the other thing, the people have passed snowplows. What in the world are you thinking? I don't understand it. I don't get it. I, I wish that people would slow down and just, you know, consider where they are and drive in those conditions uh, and drive through those conditions. There's no place that you need to be unless you have an emergency that you should be driving that fast in a snowstorm. Otherwise, uh, it was uh, it was it was great to see snow. I'm still happy to see snow, even though um, we had a little bit more overnight. It looks like, and um, you know, listen, I I've come to the point where <laughs> it's funny. I used to love to drive in the snow. I used to love to get out and go, and you know, I don't I don't drive as much in it anymore. I've had capable cars now. The car I had last week, uh, the Lexus which we'll do a review on the RX350H, that car was a dream in the snow. That car was, I'm telling you, that car, it, it made you feel like you could do 80 miles an hour in it. Uh, the all-wheel, you know, Lexus, I mean, it's a bulletproof car. I mean, it's, it's, you know, it's just one of those cars where it's just so well-built, well-constructed, well-thought um, about for bad conditions that you feel safe in that car. And sometimes feeling safe will make you go faster. But I did not. Uh, but I did make it up I-5 on, uh, on what was that, Tuesday night? When it was just, uh, it was brutal out. Absolutely brutal. But the car held. I used my driving skills. I just did a study 40 miles an hour as much as I could. And, uh, you know, I stayed behind the snowplows. Although when I, when I went up, I'm trying to think if I even saw a snowplow. As a matter of fact, the exit I get off 220th was blocked. There was a tree down. There was a tractor trail. There was a car this way. It was, I had to go around up to and come back around. But um, do yourself a favor. You know, if you're, if you have to drive in this weather, please, for me, because we, as I always say, we need all the listeners we can get on this show. We need everybody we possibly can to stick with the to stick with the show. Okay, so we and we appreciate everybody who listens. All right, we got a good show for you today. I'm sorry, you know, I, I just had a rant about that. Thank you for indulging 
my rant. Uh, we have a good show for you today. In just a, a minute or two, we're going to jump on the phone with uh, the folks that are doing the Northwest Toy Run out of Pacific Raceways tomorrow. This is a tradition that has gone on for years, uh, was stopped by COVID uh, as, it, as it is. I think they still went out and gave toys. It, was, it just was a different configuration, but it looks like tomorrow, and we'll tell you more about that. Uh, big news, two big stories in automotive this week. Two huge stories. Um, the Tesla Semi and is Corvette going to spin off into its own brand? Will Corvette become the American portion? We'll, we'll talk about that. I've, I've said that for years, that General Motors was positioning themselves to be able to, um, uh, uh, to to spin Corvette off into a luxury performance brand, uh, like a like a Porsche, like a you know something that something that um, an aspiration brand. You aspire to that. In, in essence, Corvette would take the place of, although uh, not take the place of, but rise to the ranks of Cadillac in the General Motors hierarchy. And um, I don't know how I feel about that. I'm a Corvette guy. I don't have to ask. I, I, I got to get in contact with a couple of Corvette clubs and see what they think about it. Renderings of, oh, we'll talk about it in just a few minutes. We'll have, we'll jump on. with. As I say, there's a lot of stuff. Uh, before we uh, uh, do that, though, let's get Nathan in here, our erstwhile producer, our man, the guy who uh, makes this radio program run on time and efficiently. Nathan, good morning. How are you? Everything you said, but a weatherman. You got to fire me as your weatherman. You, you know what I mean? said it wasn't going to snow it? much last week. Have you ever um, watched the weather? I've ever watched it. Uh, probably looking at it a lot being in Seattle. Those guys and women are, are good. They, they do a good job, but I don't know how many times they're exactly right. Now, I grew up in an age when we didn't have the radar and everything. So, you know, basically the weatherman was throwing dots at the board and saying, okay, snow tomorrow. (laughs) 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 But so, Nathan, I'm going to be very forgiving uh, on the the snow forecast. I appreciate your kindness. You know so many other things and bring so much to the show. That I'm thinking that we we can forgive a little. Uh, listen, if 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 they counted all the mistakes I make, <laughs> <laughs> like getting you stuck on I five there, yeah, you would be uh, you would be um, uh, doing this the first hour of the Swedish program. What is it? Was it the Swedish cultural program? Uh, the Scandinavian from? hour. Scandinavian. Thank you. Uh, by the way, they should be happy this morning because. Uh, Looks like the Dutch are up two nothing on a, on the United States in soccer. Oh. I'm not a big soccer guy, but I know two nothing or two nil is um, not a good thing. Well, if you're a big soccer guy or not, the World Cup is a very big deal. Yeah, yeah, it is. Uh, I mean, listen, we had our moment. We beat Iran, right? That's like uh, a huge deal. So, I mean, really, what more could you want, right? The Olympics well, in the sporting world are. Soccer world, at least. Yeah, I'm always, yeah, I, I mean, I'm not a soccer fan, but, I'm, uh, you know, I, I'll root for my country, and like anybody else, uh, I'm happy to see, you know, them succeed. And, uh, and I'm, uh, you know, I mean, I'm a, <laughs> I'm going <laughs> to, uh, I just thought of a line and I can't say it. I, I'm just not going to say it. <laughs> Uh, oh, Lordy. All right. Uh, you got a question to ask me? Yo, Vinny, what are you driving this week? Oh, Nathan, I thought you'd never ask. Uh, this week, I am driving the 2023 Honda HRV. Um, the HRV is uh, all new, all redesigned. Used to be based on the Honda Fit. Now they've uh, put a new platform under it. And it is uh, first of all, it is a Honda like uh, like no Honda you've seen before. It is smaller than, than the, what 
you know, they're uh, probably their biggest, well, I don't know if the Civic is probably the biggest seller, but uh, it is their their quality SUV, small SUV, um, the, the CUV. Uh, it, it, it's a step below that in um, price, and it's, a, it's an entry vehicle. It is, um, it's, it, the old one was a good car. But there was a couple of a few things wrong with it that people didn't like. Honda looked at those. They addressed those things. So in this uh, new version of the HRV, the 2023, you get a better infotainment system. You get the, the honeycomb trim that I like so much. I don't know why I like this trim so much inside. Uh, you get the, um, the interior becomes more Honda Civic-like than it does um, CRV, folks. Uh, CRV uh, uh, a look, uh, but it really um, it uh, it handles well, it drives well, it feels good. The seating position is nice. Uh, the, it seems to be very spacious inside. I have not driven it a lot. We'll take it out today and and uh, take it around the uh, Joe Ricci Memorial uh, test course. But it is. Um, it, it is is proving to be as uh, as we drive it this week a solid solid contender in that class of small SUVs. If you are one of those people who are looking for that smaller, the only thing that's a little funky about it, and and, and this is the true test I, I, on certain cars, I call it the TJ test. I take the car and I drive it and park it in front of Trader Joe's. And I see, uh, you know, if it's a if it's a, a newer model where people will look at it, and I did that with the Subaru a couple of months ago, parked it with the Wilderness package, and people gathered around the car and looking at it. Wow, what's this? Uh, I did it with the Honda the other day, and now I'm going to do it again. It, it, it was after a snow, and it was cold out, so maybe, you know, maybe that's a factor in it. So I'm going to give it the TJ test again and see what the uh, uh, Trader Joe index is on this car, because I think it's going to be, uh, I, I think people are going to stop and look at it. So that's what I'm driving this week, the uh, HRV, good little um, SUV uh, with all-wheel drive. We're going to try to take it off-road a little bit today and see uh, what it does. Uh, but uh, certainly a fine vehicle in the snow as well. All right, let's um, talk about a event that is happening um, tomorrow, out of Pacific Raceway. Um, let's bring in, uh, I don't even know Alan's last name. Alan, how are you? I'm doing pretty good, man. How are you doing? I'm good, Alan. I'm, I'm, I'm all good. I'm trying to stay away uh, from the sliding down the street, but other than that, everything's, everything's fine. Now, I'm going to talk about sliding down the street. I was up at 2 this morning helping my son off the freeway. Oh, man. It's, it's just brutal. It's brutal. And, and, and the people at don't know how to drive. I mean, it's, it's, it's crazy. It's crazy, but you gotta, you know, you gotta get out. You gotta go to work. You gotta go places, right? Yep. So, so now is the weather going to affect you guys tomorrow at the uh, Northwest uh, toy run? 19 years. It has never affected us. That's good. 19. Uh, that's what impressed me so much about this. You can, I remember now I'm, I'm in Seattle next in, in March. I'll have been in Seattle 30 years. Uh, I, I was gone for 10 of those 30 back in Pittsburgh, but I had heard about this, um, you know, way back when I was at KJR, uh, uh this thing that you guys were doing. And I, I you know, I, I've just always wanted the chance to give you guys, uh, an opportunity to talk about it. What, what exactly is the Northwest toy run? Well, it's pretty much simple, a simple little car show that people come, hang out, bring toys to help the children of the Washington State, and check out cars. Just check out cars. There's nothing else to do, but check out cars. It's a huge show, too, right? I mean, how many people you you know, you know get at these kinds of shows? And I know it's snowing in some places, so people might be reluctant to take out their cars, but you, you for this cause, people will take the cover off, back it out of the garage, and, and, and come oh. down, won't they? Yes, yes. Um, you know, it, it all depends. Each year it's gotten bigger. So 2019 was obviously our biggest year because it was last year besides the 
restrictions we had for the last two years, and we had about 3,000 cars come through. Wow. That's, uh, that's, that's a car show, man. That is a huge, huge show. And now, you, we're talking, now, excuse me. I was going to say, we're talking anything from Honda Accords to Lamborghinis to Maseratis to dump trucks to tractor trailers to full-on race cars. So there's, you know, one thing that I, I, I've noticed, Alan, at car shows, especially shows with um, with trucks, uh, and I know trucks aren't at every show, but people will bring their kids to those shows, and the kids invariably love the trucks. They see the trucks, and they go wild for the, for the trucks. And I wonder, you know, those shows, do you notice people bringing their kids uh, to some of these uh, shows that you go to? And because I think that's the way to keep people interested in cars is you, uh, you know, so the sport, uh, this, this hobby doesn't die out at some point uh, because cars become less exciting. Yeah. Yeah. This, this one always having kids since the first time we did, when we had 150 cars show up, we still had kids there checking things out and the dump trucks. I was just talking to somebody just the other day, they're talking about bringing their tractor trainers. I was like, yes, Kids love trucks. They love yes. trailers. They love looking at things like that. I just remember my little nephews, you know, they would see a truck or a piece of, you know, a shined up construction equipment at a show or something like that. And they would just go tow trucks. You know, somebody comes down with a tow truck with a lot of lights on it. It just gets people oh, yeah. excited. Now, um, you're going to have some vendors and stuff down there. Will there be food at this event? Because uh, I, I imagine it's going to take a little while to get through. Yeah, well, Pacific Raceway has their food vendor right there that they take care of that it's part of their show. So we use them. Um, we do have vendors for buying a few things, selling T-shirts, um, just to keep people more attentive. And yeah. people usually just come in, park, hang out. And usually people are there for about two or three hours, hang out, and just check out all the cars and communicate, well, talk, BS. I've got people who's been there every year. Yeah, it's uh, that's the great thing about uh, about car, these events is people go, they talk to each other about cars, especially this time of year when a lot of people are looking for ideas or maybe something how to how to change something or or um, uh, do something differently in their car because they shut it down for the winter. You go, you get some ideas, you get a, a, a it's it's a lot of fun, and you talk with other car people. So I think it's a great uh, a, a great thing. I'm glad you guys are back live doing it, you know, post COVID. And it's, uh, it seems like it's, it's going to be a great event. What time does this thing kick off tomorrow? Um, 10 a.m. at Pacific Raceways. And where is Pacific Raceways for those who might not be familiar? Um, Kent, I don't know the exact address, but it's right off of um, Highway 18 in Kent. Okay. And um, one more thing, what does it cost to get in? And should people bring something besides their wallet? Getting in simple, it's either $5 per person or an unwrapped new toy per person. That's all you need. You can't beat that, an unwrapped new toy, and, you, and you're in, right? And, yeah, and we'd rather have you bring toys than money because toys is easier to distribute than money is. Yeah, yeah, that, that's that's a very good point. Alan, thanks so much for jumping on with us a couple of minutes. I'm going to try to make it down there tomorrow if I can uh, and uh, hopefully get to uh, to see you. But uh, what a great thing you guys do. Uh, really appreciate you spending a couple of minutes with us. Hey, no problem. I appreciate you getting a hold of us. And bring that, bring that little Honda down there. Let's see what it looks like. <laughs> I'll be blasting a little Honda <laughs> coming through. Yeah, out of I, the it doesn't matter what you bring, and that's the greatest thing about this event. It doesn't matter. We usually bring, we usually carry, get about a hundred, a hundred fifty thousand dollars worth of toys and money for the toys for kids this year. That's that's incredible, man. God bless you. That's a great thing to uh, to do. All right, Alan. Hopefully, we'll see you down there tomorrow. Take care of yourself. All right, you too. Thank you very much. All right, there goes Alan from the Northwest Toy Run. If you want to, you know, you got the kids that are they're cooped up in the house. You want to take them somewhere. You don't want to take them to the mall because it's crazy. Uh, you know, get them out in the air, fresh air here at the Northwest Toy Run down at the Pacific Raceways down in Kent. Uh, bring an unwrapped toy, a couple of toys, and you you got a, a nice afternoon. Give them a little hot chocolate. Let them run around, look at the cars. 
um, and enjoy themselves. And who knows? Maybe you'll hook them into the the, uh, the hobby of a uh, of driving a car. We're gonna take a, a well, not driving. I don't want the kids driving. You know what I'm saying? That they they look and they see and they get interested in cars. And maybe you keep them away from video games. You know what I mean? I'm just saying. I'm not saying. I'm just saying that when 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 kids used to be really into cars, you had less crazy things going on in the world. You know, I mean, think about it for a second. When when people went into, um, you know, building their hot rods and stuff like that, yeah, you had the drag races back and forth and that. But I, I don't know. It just seemed like it was gentler. It was a gentler time. All right, take a quick break here. We'll come back. We will talk to you about the big news from Tesla and the maybe news from Chevrolet right here on Drive Time Radio. Out of the Ford Pavilion, there's a daydream corner called Mustang. This is the car that dreams are made of. Standard transmission, dozens of options. But as standard equipment, you get bucket seats, wall-to-wall carpeting, all vinyl upholstery, padded instrument panel, and full wheel covers. Even though Mustang is a dream, its low price is a beautiful reality. Test drive one right now at your Ford dealers in Pleasant Dreams. There's a reason they invented the Internet. It's called 1150kknw.com. All right. I haven't watched this movie in a long time. And uh, back here on Drive Time Radio, 1150KKNW, and worldwide on the internet. Haven't watched Car Wash. And it's one of my favorite movies, man. I mean, that that movie is just flat-out funny. I mean, you know, you have to watch it and think of the time it was made in. But just a a great, great movie, man. Just, uh, uh, you know, uh, and uh, the theme is iconic uh, by Rose Royce. Car wash. If you get a chance to watch it sometime, uh, it's one of the great car-related movies of all time. All right, uh, big news from Chevrolet. Well, actually, okay, this appeared in a couple of magazines. There was a rendering that was done of it, um, and, and I'll, I'm going to show you that. But this is causing a lot of controversy in the automotive world as Chevrolet. Uh, it says, uh, according to all of these reports, in 2025, is getting ready to release, to put out on the street, to blaspheme the name of Corvette, a Corvette SUV. Now, this would be in addition to an electric Corvette that would come out uh, because, let's face it, the internal combustion engine is going away going to be very limited in what you can, um, and our, our next story will tell you more about that. But this is what, and I'm hoping that uh, you can see that. Now, now I know you'll be able to see it. Uh, it is, um, it's pretty wild that this uh, vehicle exists. The reason for it being um, that Chevrolet wants to get in on the ever-expanding market. See, here's my deal. I, I think that Chevrolet, at at some point here, um, yeah, we're trying to get the screen share to work, and it's not working. So I don't know what's going on there. Um, let's see. Let's try it one more time because I really want to show you the um, – Oh, I don't know what happened to it. Sorry. It's somewhere, but, I, you know, I'm not going to sit there and look for it. Anyway, you can go online at Motor Trend or Car and Driver and see it. It is. Um, so here you have Corvette. It's, an, it's become an icon of American automotive uh, history. It's it's, 
you know, an unbelievable, beautiful car that people have loved for years and years and years and years. And it, um, the whole concept is a two-seater sports car. That's what people, there was never no, a four-door or this or that, the other thing. It was one, one configuration, two-seater sports car. That's a Corvette. That's what you look at when you look at a Corvette. But in the ever-expanding world of automotive, I got to be like the other guy. Chevrolet has decided that they would sell a, a ton of Corvettes. If you had a SUV Corvette, if you had a four-door Corvette. In other words, due to, um, due to so many people wanting SUVs in this country, they decided we're, um, we're going to come out with this uh, Corvette SUV. As a matter of fact, what we're going to do is we're going to spin Corvette off into its own brand. A couple of years ago when I was at Carlisle, after Corvettes at Carlisle meet every year, back in Carlisle, Pennsylvania. I was there a couple of years ago, and it was not confirmed to me, but suggested to me uh, by people that work for General Motors that that was Chevy's ultimate goal. As a matter of fact, if you looked at the display that they had at, um, at Carlisle, it resembled, this was when the the C8 just came out, the new mid-engine Corvette. The C8 was just out. Did an interview with Tad Juker, who's the, the chief engineer on this thing. And the way they had it set up, the display set up, it looked like a separate dealership. It looked like a dealership that was unique to Corvette. They had the car displayed inside uh, on, a, on a showroom floor, and they were asking people what they thought of the layout. So they were doing some, some focus group research, it looks like. So uh, the new Corvette uh, came out a couple of years ago, and the C8, the mid-engine, and people were back and forth about that. Threw a lot of people out of crank, man. Because to them, a Corvette is supposed to be pure and lovely and wonderful and nothing but a two-seater sports car. But Chevy is going to, is, is, mark my words, you heard it here first, Chevy's going to spin this off into a separate brand. You'll have a four-door Corvette. You'll have uh, a Corvette SUV and who knows what else. Uh, uh, you know, you'll have an electric Corvette. And then you'll probably have the gas Corvette around uh, for a few more years. But And you're going to pay a lot more. You know, the one thing about the Corvette that was beautiful, especially the C8, it is a supercar. It is a fantastic car. And you can buy it, a, a, a nice one, a, a decent one, for $80,000, $75,000, is stick a price on the car. If you want a Z06, yeah, you're going to go, uh, you know, the high-performance version, yeah, you're going to go up over 100000 But if you want, if you're, if you're a Herbert Schmidlap and you say to yourself, boy, I'm 55 years old, I'm having a midlife crisis, what the hell do I do? You go down to the Chevy dealer. You lay your money down on a Corvette. You know, you, you take uh, you, you take eighty out of your uh, IRA, or you go ahead and you say, "Okay, I can pay you know, six hundred a month or whatever it is," and you get yourself a Corvette convertible. And you're golden, man. You're groovy. You're happening. Get yourself a nice blue one, a nice uh, white one. I, I stay away from red. If I were you, leave that for the kids. But you know, it's uh, better than Viagra for some people, you know? So anyway, uh, so this is something that's going to happen, something to watch in the car business. The other big story this week is Tesla. And Tesla rolled out their huge truck, their, their, their tractor, uh, their high-speed, high-torque, high-energy electric truck that is going to revolutionize um, trucking. First ones went to Pepsi and Frito-Lay, uh, beautiful trucks. 
Uh, I, listen, I, you know, it's, it's, these are huge tractor trailer trucks. They spew emissions into the air so overproportionate to what they, their place in the hierarchy. Uh, one, I, I saw the figure on the Tesla thing last night. I think it was 1% of the, these trucks. They are 1% of the truck population emit 80% of certain emissions. So Tesla sat down and they said, okay, can we do this? And they were a couple of years late at it, but they delivered the first ones yesterday, uh, Thursday, to uh, Pepsi and Frito-Lay. And it is a fantastic-looking truck. It, If it does what it's advertised to do, and there's no reason to believe that it won't, it's going to revolutionize trucking. And it's going to revolutionize pollution control um, in America because you're not going to have that diesel fuel stuff that goes in here. Diesel fuel, you know, the stuff that comes out of a diesel truck, you see every time you see, you see that black smoke come up, that's particulate, man, it gets into your lungs. If you can do electric on these especially, and this is where the rubber is going to meet the road, but these are, uh, uh, you know, dual-motored trucks, that supposedly, according to Elon Musk and according to some of the stuff that uh, film that we've seen, are really special vehicles. They, uh, you know, again, it'll go from Hayward, California to San Diego, five-hour trip on one charge, um, which a friend of mine, Brian Cooley, brought up was about eight hours, and that's what truck drivers are mandated to stop at. They have to take a break. And one of the things about uh, this vehicle is that it'll you're going to have to stop to recharge it every, at least every eight hours in the stations that Tesla is building. So what it will do is it will guarantee that that driver that's behind the wheel of that truck has had a break at least for 10 minutes. And I will bet my bottom dollar that you look at accident research on trucks. Um, and so much of it, so much of it is drivers falling asleep. Drivers uh, with these big rigs going down the road and they've been, you know, they're independent operators and they, uh, you know, they're, they're trying to make it get this load here, get this load there. And they just, they, they don't take the brakes like they're supposed to. And um, it, it turns out tragic. So if this Tesla vehicle, big rig, uh, semi, they call it, if that solves those two problems of pollution and death, you got something. You got something. Now, there's other companies making electric vehicles as well. I believe that um, Packard here is involved with an electric vehicle. But Tesla seems to have more range and more options. Uh, the cab on this thing was striking in that the driver sits in the middle of the road, so they get this grand commanding view of the entire road. There's monitors that are on each side of the driver, and the cab is constructed so that you can stand in it if you're six feet tall. So that you can, you know, there's, there's it's bigger. It's it's a, a a modicum of comfort for somebody who is over the road spending eight hours a day, ten hours a day, sixteen hours a day in a truck. So. That's something to keep an eye on, too. Plenty of time. I suggest if you want to learn more about it, uh, go uh, search Brian Cooley on CNET, and he explains it in a very, um, very good, concise manner. All right, it's time now for uh, my favorite part of the show, because anytime you can have Roy Orbison on the show is a good day in my book. And this week's Saturday morning cartoon is exactly that. Uh, Roy Orbison was one of my favorites. Always has been. 
from the, the the first time I ever heard his voice. Uh, it, it, it was like honey dripping off a, a beehive, man. That's how sweet it was. It was awesome. And uh, from, you know, years and years and years and years, different, uh, you know, from way back in 1964 uh, to, uh, and, and even before that, the Ubi Doobie was in 1958, all the way up until his death. Roy Orbison gave us some sweet, sweet music. And this was one, I believe, uh, I'm pretty sure this was off his last album, uh, when his final album, I should say, um, when he was uh, working also with the Traveling Wilburys, which was a whole nother situation. But there's a caution on a music show, so I don't want to go into it too much. But look up Google Traveling Wilburys, kid, and you'll see where you'll see what you'll 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 see it. Anyway, this is uh, we've all done this or many people have done this. Someone we love, someone we care about, they're far away, and we've gotten in a car, and we've driven all night to get to them because we need their love, we need their understanding, we need their hug. So here's Roy Orbison with I Drove All Night. Great Roy Orbison. If you don't know about Roy Orbison for some uh, godforsaken reason, I don't know why you wouldn't, um, uh, pick some of his stuff up and listen to it, uh, both new and old. He was just a master. And again, a voice that um, off the charts. I mean, I rate him as one of the top rock and roll voices of all time. That's I drove all night from his final album. And um, just a, a spectacular song. And that is our Saturday morning cartoon uh, brought to you uh, because cars and music go together so well. Uh, now, next week, I got a really cool one for you. Next week, I, 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 found something that i thought was off the charts so we'll have a we'll have a a fun one for you next week but uh thank you to roy orbison for that all right it's drive time radio i'm new york Vinny, and we are working our way through a saturday morning snowy edition of drive time uh, i don't know if you saw it during the show but i'm going to try to do this again uh this is the corvette suv that is um I'm thinking that you can see that. Nathan, you tell me if they can. And um, that is the, uh, can you see it? What do you think? You're a car guy. <laughs> well, it kind of reminds me of another car that got electrified, as you were mentioning earlier. I mean, definitely a lot of inspiration there. You're talking about Porsche. Uh, no, another American car maker, as a matter of fact. Oh, which one? The Mustang Mach-E. Does it remind you of the Mustang Mach-E? See, it, it doesn't It doesn't hit me like that, you know? Well, it's, uh, they're taking, I, like, an iconic sports car that's, oh, you know... okay, the yeah. situation. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah the situation. I thought you were looking at the physical car and saying... And electrifying uh, it and making it, like, a sort of crossover midsize SUV. Yeah, and you know what? They're They're selling all they can print. With the Mustang, they just passed their 150,000th Mach-E this past week. It's on sale now in something like 25 countries. And it is it is a huge success story for Ford. Well, that's uh, how it goes in the automotive business. You know, yeah. once a competitor does something and it works, then all the other ones do it. But, you know, it's interesting because the Mustang Mach-E you know, uh, Mustang has a much wider audience than a Corvette does. Uh, it's just a, a, a bigger audience. It's always been a, a more of a mass production car. A Corvette has a a loyal but slim following, uh, a buyer. You know, it's usually it's a male uh, in their um, you know late late forties, middle to late forties. They want performance, um, and they want to. I, you know, uh, it's a see me car, a Corvette. You, uh, if you drive a Corvette, and I've driven several of them, uh, owned several of them. It's a car that people look at you. It's a, it, it grabs their attention. It's part of the whole mystique of driving a Corvette, owning a Corvette, is that you feel like you're in this kind of exclusive club because you are. There's only so many out there. And 
with Mustang, I don't know that you had that as much. You know, people, I've seen a lot of people with knock around Mustangs. I don't have never seen many people with knock around Corvettes. Yeah, you're right. Because Chevrolet did that with the Camaro. Then it would be, you know, almost identical comparison. Right. That's the equal analogy to to the Mustang. So with the Corvette, looking at this vehicle, and I'm thinking to myself, whoa, that looks like a Chevy Blazer. Nobody's going to look at this vehicle when it's driving down the street. I drive down the street in my 62 Corvette, or even when I had um, the C8 Corvette, the mid-engine Corvette, and I drove down the street, people would walk over and talk to you and, and, and look at it, and wow, it had a wow factor to it, man. You park that thing, and you went in a restaurant, you sat, and you could look in the window, and you talk about people at Trader Joe's walking up to look at a Subaru. Forget about it. You had this incredible car, and people are looking at you. Feel you know you feel aces walking out of the, the restaurant. You're putting your keys in it. You're opening the door to let your lady in or your your daughter or whatever, and you're feeling a million bucks. I'm just not getting that vibe off of this particular rendering or or this particular uh, mock-up of this car. Now maybe it'll change. Maybe there'll be something, and maybe there's a bunch of people that don't want to be noticed as much anymore you know that could be where where we're getting in our society too where we want to be a little bit more um quieter about the things that we have i'm just looking at the picture real quick sorry for jumping in but it said uh select the model it said 2025 so it looks like that vehicle is not you know listed until 25 that it'll be released right Oh, right. Yeah. So yeah, no, maybe talking- like in that time frame, maybe more vehicles will come out and that will actually be kind of the more normal within that span of time frame. It's just kind of what I'm thinking, looking at when it's going to be released. Yeah, I, I just um, like I say, I look at it and it doesn't say anything Corvette to me except for the for the the nose. You know, the little grill treatment on the nose. It's the only thing Corvette this car says to me. And listen, they're going to build it. They're not going to, they're not calling Vinny up to ask him, uh, should we build this thing or not? Because it'll come no matter what. And when it comes, I'll drive it. Um, but this one is a lot harder to take than the Mustang. You know, the Mustang, I just think that there's a marketing system here that's, um, screwing around with iconic names of cars and making them something that they're not. And uh, I just think it's a shame that it's happening to Corvette because Corvette is, is without a doubt my favorite car. I mean, I aspired to Corvettes when I was a little kid. So anyway, all right, let's do our, uh, let's do our road test. The Drive Time Radio Road Test. Every week, Vinny puts another car through its paces and lets you know the good, the bad, and the ugly. All right, this week we take a look at the 2023 Lexus RX 350H Hybrid. Um, nice vehicle. I mean, uh, redesigned for uh, this year. Uh, it's not a plug-in hybrid. It's a regular, old-fashioned, you know, straight hybrid, uh, a gasoline engine. And uh, you have the uh, the hybrid system in there. It's a luxury SUV uh, that, uh, from the outside, is attractive. It carries the Lexus look to it with a sloped rear and uh, the aggressive front styling. Uh, the uh, the vehicle itself, uh, on the outside, very attractive. Inside, it's Lexus luxury. They improved the infotainment system. They got rid of that mouse thing that they had. Uh, The seats are comfortable. I took this thing on a 2,000-mile ride over the last uh, week, and it performed perfectly in every phase. Where I really felt the Lexus excelled was in that snowstorm we had the other night. The all-wheel drive system in this car is, is pitched, is set, to handle that kind of thing. Uh, it, it was steady. It felt confident and comfortable. It felt like a car that um, that would get you where you wanted to go. Just don't do 80 miles an hour in it. But 
it was uh, you know it's it's got the um, four cylinder. 2.5 liter, then it has the total hybrid system, it gives you 246 horsepower. It's not the quickest one out there. Um, it's not the fanciest one out there. It's not even the most modern car, uh, luxury car out there. But what it does is it, is it gives you roominess, style, uh, 275 horsepower. It um, It's, you know, it, it's not the quickest vehicle out there, but you know, listen, the car nuts like the quick vehicles. You want something that's going to get you into merging traffic quickly. You want something that's going to get you down, you know, down the boulevard where you're going. You just want something that's going to get you up a hill. The Lexus is going to do it. You don't need to know that it goes to zero to 60 in seven seconds. That's not what you're worried about. It's a, it's a good, solid vehicle. Lots, <coughs> excuse me, of luxury items in here, too. The button that opens and closes the rear deck. <coughs> excuse me. Um, uh, you know, all of the little things that you become used to. The the only complaint I had with it was the, you know, the, the, the distonic, um, distronic uh, drive and lane keeping. Thank you. The lane keeping. It, was, it felt a lot loose. After driving the Chevy Super Cruise, this one felt like I didn't really want to take my hand off the wheel. I think Lexus needs to fix that. Again, it doesn't work in the snow. It only works in certain things, but it, it, the system wasn't as good. But if you're not one of those people that need that system, this is a great, uh, great buy. I think it was in the mid-50s, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, base price of 52500 I thought the Lexus RX 358 for 2023 was a solid family car for those who want to move up from Toyota and um, and kind of sport it out a little bit. Yet, have an efficient, great car. I think it got like 35 or 40 miles to the gallon on the highway. All right, that's going to wrap it up for another edition of Drive Time. I'm New York Vinny. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you to Nathan. Thank you to Keith. Thank you to George. And thank you to everybody who keeps this show on the straight and narrow. We will catch up with you next week at uh, 8 o'clock, if the Lord's willing and the creek don't rise. Have a good week.